Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Let's thank God for this evening. Thank God for his word. Thank God for the opportunity to receive the word of God and be blessed tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blessing that you give to us, Lord. We, we are grateful, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Have your way, Lord, in our lives. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Seven reasons why people don't use the anointing. <laughs> Matthew 25. You would have thought that everybody who becomes anointed or who becomes gifted uses the gifts that God gives him or her, but not so. Many times people are given gifts, grace, and anointing. All right? Now, Matthew 25, it is just like a man about to go on a journey, from verse 14, who was called, who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. And immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the um, master of these slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master... You entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. And I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Hmm. You can also enter into the anger of your master. But you can enter into the joy of your master. Mercy. All right. Also, the one who had received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. I'm reading verse 24. And the one also who had received one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid, and I went away and I hid myself. All right? I hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy 
slave. You knew that I would reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. All right? For to everyone who has, more shall be given. Amen. Amen. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. This story is a very encouraging story for people who are looking for the anointing. Because it does somehow give an idea that everybody is given something. Is that not so? I mean, every time we read this story, we get the feeling that everybody has something. Now, I'm going to give you seven quick points, which I want you to really remember. uh, And I believe that you're going to be blessed. Amen. Amen. Now, the first um, thing that I want you to realize is that Jesus, and this is not one of the points, but I want you to see something that the master gave five talents. And immediately, he started using them. Most people who don't do things immediately don't do them. Yeah. Anything you plan to do that you don't do immediately, you often don't do them. And I was very surprised when many years ago, I wanted to marry my wife. And um, she told me that her father, when I told her that I wanted to marry her now, immediately, and as soon as possible, Are you with me? And she said to me that her father, who was an old man, experienced man, said that a man who wants to marry you immediately and now is a good man. That's a sign of a good man. And the sign of a bad man is somebody who wants to, you know, spend some time, some years assessing you evaluating you for two years, finish his master's after three years, and complete his PhD after seven years, and then finally get married. Watch that guy. Are you there? I was actually surprised. But you find out that most things which are not done immediately are not done. Yeah. It just doesn't get done. So sometimes I tell somebody something, I said, now. Most of the people who work close with me, as soon as I call them, they get a pen. Because my conversation is about work. If you don't like work, you can't be my friend. Do you understand? So when I start talking, there's something to write almost immediately. Are you there? And, and there's something to implement immediately. And, and I found out that people who don't implement in immediately often don't do what they should do. And they are very irritating to work with. Are you there? All right. So try to get things done immediately, including your calling. Right? Including your calling. You will not be young forever. You will not be nice forever. A time will come when you go witnessing and the person, when the person looks at your face, the person will be afraid. <laughs> you get it? Because your face would have changed. And, 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 and you see, I didn't know this, but one day an elderly man told me, he said, look, 
when you are old, there are so many disadvantages. He said, even children are afraid of you when they see you. <laughs> yes. Because sometimes they look scary. Have you not seen an old person whose face looks scary? So a time will come when you'll be speaking the gospel. That is the, the message of peace. And when they see your face, they're squeezed. The message, the face will drive away the, 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 the person. All right? So you got to respond now. Tell somebody now, 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 now. Give your life to Jesus now. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Nobody knows when he will die. Everybody plans to live forever, but it is not so. It is not so. Amen. Is that not true? Yes. By the end of the year, some of us could be dead. I mean, sitting in the hall here. Yeah? Some of us could be gone. We didn't think we would go, but by the end of the day, we could be sleeping. And totally. We could be upstairs with, with David playing the harp. The Lord is my shepherd. We'll be singing. The Lord is my light and my salvation. It is his decision. He do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. The power of God can decide something else apart from what the scriptures have decided. Yeah. Yeah. For guys. All right. But another comment I want you to take note of is uh, in relation to the anointing is the fact that there is something that you can do that looks like the anointing and that seems to increase your gift. That is why Sometimes when somebody is anointed, you are not sure whether the person is just hardworking or anointed. All right. Because the guy who was given five talents, he went to trade immediately. And he gained five more of what God gave him by his activity. I want to say it again. I'm saying that his activity made him have five more of what God gave him. So it looks like if God has given you five mills of anointing to do a children's church, if you work and get to trading, working with what you have been given, it looks like you can increase what you have to double or to a point, but up to a point. And that is why sometimes when you look at an anointed person, you never can really tell, is it that he's just working very hard? Is it he's very diligent? Is it that he's using strategies, you know, he's very wise? You can't even tell because when the guy went, started trading with his gifts, right, all that you could see is what he was doing. And that seemed to be generating more. So in the end, you don't know, is it, is it an anointing or strategy or what is it? And you realize that an anointed person can only increase what he has up to a certain point. But the rest has to be given to him. Yeah. A certain level, like you see, you could have a church, God could give you the anointing to have a church of 70 members. 
and you could take the church and build the church from 30 to 70. And it's like you could work and work and work and maybe increase to 120. And that is as far as hard work and gaining by trading can take you. But to be at 500 or 300, it has to be given to you. Uh, How many understand what I'm talking about? Yes. So every gifted person, often gifted people, work so hard you can't tell whether it is a gift or it is hard work. Because remember at the end, they told this guy, you lazy servant. Or the King James says, wicked and slothful. So that is why, that explains years ago, I went to the cleverest, most intelligent guy in my class in school. And when I got to his room, he hadn't bathed for some days. His books were spread out all over. All his books were open. He was learning, doesn't eat, doesn't bath, doesn't do anything. And he got A, 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 A. Very, very, very. And when you see me say that, this is very, very intelligent. When we all did either maths or biology. He did maths and biology. And when we couldn't get A, he got A in maths and biology. But you, you see the amount of work that he puts in. So you realize that point you don't know. Is it that he's just working hard? Or that he is naturally clever? And often, the two work so closely together, you can't really tell whether it is this or it is that. But what it is actually is that somebody who has been given a talent and then gets to work very hard. And then it seems to become a lot more. Like a singer. You may be given a talent. You can hide it. But you may be given a talent and you practice and practice and practice. And practice. These people who sing, singers, I mean, it was when I joined the singing group, I found out how much they practice. They practice and they fall asleep in the, in the rehearsal place. They just, they, 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 they are so tired. They practice all night. They sit there, the same thing over and over and over and over. They get tired, exhausted. But it's like, without that, you don't really seem to go far. And then you ask yourself, is it that or is it the anointing? So, everybody, let me tell you, God has given everybody something. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So better get to the job. And don't act as though you don't have anything. Amen. Amen. Now, seven reasons why some people don't use the anointing or don't use what God has given to them. Number one, because um, number one, they think it's too small. Because the guy who didn't use his talent was a guy who had one talent. So often, people don't get to work with God because they think, I'm not very gifted. What is my gift? What is my calling? What do I have? Hmm? Are you listening to me? They, 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 say, they ask themselves, what do I have? I don't have much. This person has, this person has, but I don't have much. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So turn to Matthew 25. And let's read verse 24. Right. It says, but his master 
answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy slave, you knew that I know. The one who had received one talent and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, all right? Reaping where you have not sown. Now, one of the very important revelations here is that whatever you have, no matter how small it is, use it and you will see. How many times I have been asked whether I'm anointed, whether I am gifted. I, I, I was one of the most boring, quiet boys ever. I am surprised that I have the gifts that I have. I was never made a prefect. I was never made a class prefect. I was never made an assistant prefect. I was never chosen for anything. I was never chosen to sing. I was never chosen to play in the choir. I was never chosen for anything. Even when I belonged to a group, a singing group that I was part of, I was never chosen. I was never chosen. Never chosen. Never, I was never chosen to sing. Never chosen to play. One, one day, the, our group that we belonged to were going to Nigeria. They chose everybody. I was also one of the music. They chose everybody. They didn't choose me. They left me behind. And they all went to Nigeria. And that's when they recorded a Take Up Your Cross album. I was left behind. They said, we are going to fast seven days. Fasting. <laughs> and I fasted. I was left behind to fast. Yeah. I, I, was, I was not chosen. Because I, I, had, I, had, I had no gifts. It seemed I had nothing. It seemed I was born without gifts. Yeah. I seemed I was born without a voice, without a talent, without anything. You get it? And that's, that's what I'm saying. That is what can kill you. Because it looks as though you have very little. But don't let it kill you. Because if I am here, Catherine Kuhlman says that everything that she has, she, she said one of her favorite statements, she says, I was born without talents. I was born without talent. Everybody was born. I was born without even one. And so God is just using her by mercy and by grace. How many realize that we're also born without much talent? Raise your hand. It should be encouraged. A lot of people can feel that. Yeah. When they don't choose you. When they don't select you for anything. You seem to be sort of average. Not really chosen. Not really liked. Sometimes amongst your sisters, when they are choosing somebody to get married, they choose your sister and you will be in the house. Hey, it's like, are you, are you beautiful? Are you nice? Ooh. People are getting beloveds. You are not getting one. For guys. People are proposing and, and, and yeah, it's working. But as for you, you are bouncing all over. It's like sisters don't like you. They don't see much about you. There's nothing about you that is attractive. You don't seem to have much talent or ability or grace. Don't worry. There are many of us like that who were born without grace and talents. Yeah. They feel you are not handsome, you are not nice. Yeah. One day somebody asked me, he said, do you think you'll go to heaven by being a skeleton? Because I was so thin. When I proposed to my beloved and she agreed to marry me, we went to visit her sister. 
the, the sister at a point, the sister was looking and she said something. She said, she said well, if our sister is happy then, what can we say? For guys. If our sister is happy. If she's, if she's okay with this. If she's okay with this. If she's okay with this. Don't worry. You are not the only one. You are not the only one. But I want to tell you the one talent you have. And let me just come up. This is not about the anointing, but it's about beauty. Man, my sister, if you got one talent or quarter, you can make yourself beautiful. Sometimes I see the people they are calling models on TV. Yeah, so, no, it's not a nice girl. She bought perfume or she bought some dresses, but it's not a nice person adjustments all over the place. Things have been adjusted all over. Nothing is real here. You are nice. I said you are nice. Yeah. So everybody has got something. Something that is good enough. I see you rising with your something later. God will use you. God will use you. I remember when I was going to officiate Bishop Saki's wedding. His mother asked a question. Your mother-in-law. Okay. Not your mother, your mother-in-law. She, just, she asked a question. And when I heard of the question, I think it was the first wedding I was going to officiate. You know, and she asked a question. Your pastor, is he powerful? <laughs> <laughs> Your pastor, is he powerful? And when I heard it before the wedding, I had to encourage myself. The first time I'm going to be, as I hold the book, my hand will be shaking. Is he powerful? And I was thinking of all the people there who were wondering whether I was powerful. <laughs> When I was going to do baptism, baptizing in water, I went into the water. This was my first time. And I was with some brothers. I don't want to mention the name because they are here. I'll not mention names. But when we got into the water, and I had the first person to baptize, and I, I tried to baptize the person, I don't know what went wrong with them going down or coming up or whatever then they began to laugh oh, something passed through me here oh. one day I saw a vision not a vision but it was the, it's the most real I've seen the devil twice twice but this second time he came in the form of a man standing by my bed, 
Yeah, in the middle of about 3 a.m. And I saw his face. He had a face, he had a face of somebody. And the person was mocking me and laughing at me. <laughs> and saying things. Mocking, laughing. You have nothing, you useless. Mocking. I remember one of our members. He came and said, I'm leaving the church. Why? I said, oh, Bishop has no power, no miracles. At that time, we hadn't had started having miracle services. They ruled me out. So he has, he has no power, no miracles. We are going to a place where there's, there's power, there's anointing and miracles. I continue to encourage myself to go on. Hey, this church work that we are doing. Satan will laugh at you all the way. So one talent. Do you know people have got ten? No people have got ten. Listen, you are carrying. What are you going to do with it? So friends, so friends, don't think you are alone. For Jesus, He died for you too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you there? All right. So don't think you are alone. Jesus died for you too. And he gives us all some talents. Blesses us. Amen. All right. Now, the seven, seven what? Reasons why people don't use the gift that they have. Okay. Why you don't sing? Because you've got enough people to laugh at you. Now, the first reason is what? They think it's too small. Okay. Now, the second reason why people don't do the work of the Lord and the ministry and they don't use their anointing is because they do not want to lose anything. Right? Now, this guy said, this guy said, he said, I, um, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you, 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 you didn't scatter. So what he knew was that he was going to lose his harvest to the guy. So when I work hard, and instead of reaping, I not reap, you will eat it. So he didn't want to lose, waste his time, energy, and lose his rightful harvest. Now, this is one of the main reasons why people don't use the gifts that God has given to them. They don't want to lose something. But what I want you to know is that you cannot serve God without losing something. You will lose something. You will lose something. You will. I have lost a lot of things to serve the Lord. I have lost the ability to boast about certain things. It's gone. You understand? I've lost the, the, the I, I used to belong to the, to the, 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 the medical fraternity in a certain sense. I still am a doctor. But, you know, I have moved into another group of pastors. And many of them are, many of pastors are despised. But that's my group. I've lost something. I've lost my friends. I lost my friends. You get it? Because of the ministry. My, my friends, my friends, recently I buried one of my friends. But my friends were not uh, Bishop Saki or Bishop Eddie. It's, it's the Lord who has brought us and, and made us a family. But my childhood friends were not, I can mention my child, my childhood friends, one of them is, uh, uh, you know, he's half, uh, half, half, half Dutch and half uh, uh, Swiss. 
And I used to go to his house all the time. He was, was my friend. I used to have friends in the club. We swim, play squash, horse riding. You know, these were my pastimes. You, you, you get what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Are you with me? Yeah. These were my friends. I mean, if I mention the name, you can't even pronounce it. It's not a Ghanaian name. This is my friends live in Laboni. You get it? Laboni and uh, these are the estates. I mean, Makati Hill and those areas. I didn't know anybody at Kolegono. No, I didn't know all these. I didn't know Dansoman. I lost all those friends. My friends were half caste because when you grow up, you become friends with your parents. Like my children's friends are Bishop Saki's children. Bishop Edison, they are, they are friends because they, we grew up, they grew up together. After church, they all here together fooling around and playing for Sunday after Sunday. Do you understand? And sometimes when we didn't know what to do, then we send them all to somebody's house and they will all be there together till they fall asleep. Then we pick them up. So your friends are your parents' friends. Yeah. Children. And my mother's friends were children were my friends. They were all Swiss, German, this, Polish, whatever. Austrian, whatever. Those were the friends I had. Yeah. I lost all those people. I don't have even one half caste. The only half caste person who came, became back to the church was JY. Mm. And he's gone now. Look carefully. You, got to, you lose something. Mm. I, I have people that come to my mother's house and insult me to my mother to the point that she has to even say that your, your son is a crazy, he's crazy, he's a mad guy. Yeah, people who think that we are totally berserk, gone berserk, we are mad. Yeah. So you can't work for God without losing something, Mr. Big Stuff, Mr. Big Stuff. You, you lose something. You, you, you lose some money. You lose some money. You lose some status. You lose something. You may lose something you would have had. Are you listening? You lose it. Because you can't work for God. This guy said, I know that you will reap what I sow. <laughs> you will reap what I sow. And I don't want to lose my harvest. I would rather do some other work where I reap myself what I sow. I can't, I can't have that. Would you like that to have a farm? You plant all the seeds and you water and as it grows and when it's all time, harvest time, you step back, somebody comes to harvest and go away. Come and plant another one. Bishop Sly, would you like that? No. And so this guy was just like you and he said, you know something, I'm going to lose when I work for you. I'm not going to do it. The third reason why people lose their, don't use their anointing is because is because they do not want another person to benefit without charge. They don't want somebody else to benefit or something that he does not pay for. Now, much of the ministry has to be done to people who cannot pay for it. If you want to really be a good minister, you, much of the ministry work has to be done to people who cannot pay for what you are doing to them. So you will have to rise up above this thing of what I am doing the people can't pay for. So that is why you find that many 
anointings are restricted because people only want to minister to people who can pay. That when I sow, you will benefit. And you will benefit with something you don't deserve. You didn't sow it. Why are you reaping it? If we want our Bible school to be blessed, we have to do something that people who cannot pay for it will be blessed. They cannot pay. That's the ministry. The ministry is doing things for people who cannot pay you back and cannot pay for it. I'm telling you, the crusades we have, the people cannot pay because this man was going to do something and this other guy was going to get something that he didn't invest in. He didn't pay for. He just rips. Think about the people in the Bible school. They just reap the building, the books, the tuition, all the lecturers paid, have to be housed, feed them every day. Thousands and thousands of dollars crusade, millions and millions and millions of CDs. Nobody pays for it. They don't pay for it. And if you're not prepared to do something for people who can't pay, and who cannot, who are not going to pay you back, then you are not going to have much of a ministry. That's why many ministries have been restricted because if you want to restrict yourself to the people who can pay, people can afford to pay you for your sowing and let you enjoy your reaping from them. No. It was nice to be a pastor of the cathedral because there are a lot of nice people in the cathedral. Praise you after each service and say, wow, really love your revelation. Really enjoy your ministry. You're so blessed. And when it's your birthday, they will all remember you. I remember recently when it was my birthday, about five people in the whole church remember that it was my birthday. Five or ten, maximum. Maximum, maximum in the church. And I, at a point I realized that I have now moved away to people who they will not even know whether I was born before they will even know whether I have a birthday. Whether I was even born. And when you are a pastor of the church, they will always remember, oh, this is our pastor, this and that. It's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. But if you want your ministry always to be, whatever you sow, you reap from that very ground. Now, you reap from the ground you sow. You reap from the ground you sow. A person who's going to work for God must be prepared to do something that the people cannot, you cannot get anything from what you are ministering to. Yeah, cannot get anything from them. And you find out many ministers, we want to go to America. Because when you minister in America, I tell you, you will get something from the ground. When you, when you minister powerfully, something will come forth from the ground. It's color green, green, color green. And it will move into your pocket. And your pocket will get swollen. It's called the mighty dollar. And that's why many ministers love to minister in England. Because out of the English crowds, the people who live there, all oh, their pockets are loaded with pounds. So when you minister to that ground, you reap from the ground. But there are probably great anointings waiting for people if they are ready to minister to people who the ground will never yield anything back to them. It's a level. Yeah. 
I said it's a realm. Yeah. I said it's a place yeah. to come to. Yeah. And it takes the grace and the anointing. Don't shy away. Some of you, God will not send you to Accra. He's not going to send you to any city. He's going to send you to a place where it looks like there's nothing going to come from the ground. One of our great missionaries, Pastor Patrick, you know, he's got a big church, beautiful church in, in uh, Tamale. Tamale. <laughs> and uh, when he went to Tamale, there was nothing. Yeah. There was nobody to say, it's a desert. As soon as you cross Kintampo and you start going up north, the weather changes. And you, you, see, you realize that you are entering a desert. He went to minister to people who had nothing to offer him. They could not give him anything back. But that's the real ministry. And if, if he didn't want it, perhaps he would never have a ministry. You have to be prepared to look at the crowd and say, you these people, you have nothing. You have nothing to give me. When I preach to you and I take an offering, there will be nothing. When I started the church, I had a little group. There was nothing. Preach to them, there's nothing. I never even considered collecting money from them because they had nothing. I had to talk to somebody, say, please, can you give me some money every month to help me to continue to minister to the ground out of which comes nothing. And now I'm asking people again, help me, just like my sister helped me 18 years ago to come to this place. I'm asking people, help me to go to places where there is nothing. And when I give, they have nothing to give back. When I spend 100 million CDs for a crusade for one day, they can, when we take an offering, they can give 2 million CDs. If I, if, and, and God, if I'm not prepared to go to those places, probably I'll just be sitting here and you just be calling me bishop and one day I'll ordain myself as archbishop and then maybe a pope. <laughs> So, those of you who consider yourselves with Bible students, one day, God is going to give you an opportunity. He's going to send you somewhere. And sometimes you may look at the place and say, ah. You know, like one guy, he was being sent, and he said, you, you're going to be a pastor in Dusseldorf. He said, glory be to God. Why did he say glory be to God? Because the ground there yields euros. The, when you work hard, euros will come out. And another one, he said, you are going to be my, my pastor in Massachusetts. And he lifted his left hand and said, thanks be to Jesus, forever and ever. Amen, amen. Blessings and glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, belongs to our God, forever and ever. Amen. Then he pointed to another brother and said, you are going to be my pastor in Togo. And then he said, Tofiakwa. He said, let it pass over my head. Let it pass over my head. Let it pass over my head. That means let my ministry pass over my head. That means I let my talent pass over my head. Why? Just because you can see that when you sow, eh, when you sow, there will be nothing for you. Because somebody else one day will come and eat it, but you will not get anything out of it. And the boy knew, said, I know you are a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown. When I sow, you will reap. I will have nothing. I have nothing. You'll reap and out, and I'll be there. I, I, I can't do it. Sorry. 
I don't do such things. I don't go to Togo. I don't go to the north. I don't go to the south. I don't go where they don't speak English. I don't go to such place. I don't go where there's no school. I don't do things for nothing. Everything has to be. There are some lay people. people. There are people here. You can't even be a lay, a lay helper or a lay pastor. You don't know how to work. You don't know how to work hard eh, for God without being paid. You know, we have some people, lay secretaries and some ladies who work and other brothers. You know, when they, the way they work, you would think they, they are being paid by the church. <laughs> Sometimes they, they, they find the time to come to the office. The way they work and they do things for us. You would think they work here. I mean that they are paid. And I realize that there are a whole lot of people who don't know how to do that. Yeah. You've never known the joy of doing something and getting nothing from that particular ground. One day I had a, a, a lawyer, he did some work for us. And then I jokingly asked him, what is the bill? Where is the bill? I, I was joking, but I didn't expect him to charge us. He said, oh, I'll, I'll, send the, I'll, send, I'll send you the bill. So I also thought he must be joking. Why should you charge us for writing a letter for us of doing some work? So he sent me the bill. In those days, using fax machines. So the fax started to come. If this was the machine from here, the fax was all the way there. Long paper. Each page of different things, bills. And he said, this is your bill. So I just wrapped the whole thing together and I met with him. I said, brother, what is this? I gave him, I said, come on now. Be serious. Are you charging us for this? You're charging the house of God for writing letters. And I mean, we are even lawyers here. We thought we were even giving you an opportunity. But we are surrounded by lawyers. We could do it ourselves. And he just took it by the, oh, don't worry. For really guy, for really, really guy. It's a total guy. <laughs> You're charging us. Some of you don't know how to work for God. If you do computer work, you can do computer work for the house of the Lord. You do free of charge. You come and work here Saturday, Sunday, Monday, the night, Tuesday night, as though even this is where you are employed. And you do it with all your heart and say, God bless. But people don't know how to do something that from that ground I will not get something. They don't know how to do it. They just simply don't know how to do it. People don't know how to sing without charging. Play without charging. How do you play? You play, you do you charge us for playing? You must be joking. When you do that, eh, you see, your talent will be with you. In fact, you may never even see what you can yeah. do. Because nobody would ever consider, ah, this one charges, this one charges, this one is free, let's go for the free one. Yeah. A thousand different things that we have to pay for, we also have to pay you. We have to give you transport to go on visitation. You, you don't go for visitation where there's no transportation money. And you don't go for visitation in poor people's house where they will not serve you food. You only go where they'll serve you food and drinks. And, and, and where the person looks like a poor man, if the person doesn't give you an address in a proper area, you don't go to such places. 
the person is looking very young, you wouldn't visit the person. Meanwhile, Bishop Adi gave his life to Christ when he was 13 years old. How come you can't follow up somebody who is 13 years old? It looks like something you will not get. But if you say, oh, this is the managing director of ZQ supermarket. And uh, she came with her other entourage and she came with her Mercedes Benz and she stays at uh, 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 um, Prosperity Avenue. You know, number 68 Prosperity Avenue next to uh, 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 International Promotion Center. And she's right on the Prosperity Avenue. Let's go visit her. Because, because she looks like somebody, you get it, from whom when you invest your visitation, she will look at you and say, you know, there was somebody who wanted to give me this connection. I think you could actually do that job. Aha, God is blessing me through my visitation. But the other little brother, 14-year-old who lives at Zamrama Line, somewhere, where you don't even know the way, that one you will not go anywhere because it's a ground from which you can get nothing. Stay there. I'm preaching a good message tonight. I will not back down from my message. I will not back down. I will not back down. I will not back down from this message. Unless there's something in it for you, you won't do it. I'm not backing down. I won't back down. I won't move. I said you won't do something unless there's something for you. You see some people in the church say, you've become very committed. And when you start to investigate about their commitment, before you realize there is some girl or some boy or some beloved somewhere, it's like now I've seen that it's good to serve the Lord because I've seen somebody somewhere. So my church attendance has a blessing for me too. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm going on visitation in that area. One other thing I can't stand up, musicians whom you have to pay. Oh. I will sing a cappella. A cappella. Start with it. We sing it ourselves. Solo, soprano, everything. What? What do you mean? You just play and then we have to pay you for that. We have to pay you for ushering. There are choristers in some churches. You have to, you have to pay them. You pay them to come. The talent and the gift, you've got to pay them for it. So watch out, dear friend. God has so many things in you. You never see them because it was only payable ones that you used to offer. There is no payable one. You never see it. You sing for pay. Act for play for pay. Laugh for pay. Move around for pay. How much do I get? Yeah, it's horrible. I said it's horrible. If it's computer that you can do, do it. Do it. In fact, that is what even attracts us to see your gift. Yeah. Almost everybody who's worked with us has worked as a lay person before. Working full time. Work as a lay person for a long time. Do the same thing without pay. Then at a point, you can be paid. If we want you to be paid. Yeah, why not? Stop loving rich people. Because someone said, this person, there's a connection in the person. Watch me closely. You see that I don't have friends who are rich. I talk to people. I talk to everybody. Anybody who talks to me, I tell them, my best friends are not rich people. My best friends are pastors. I have not made my friend a friend of her means. Like, oh, 
This person has got a lot of money, so I'm going to be friends with this person. <laughs> He's a very this is a momentous member. Momentous member. So we are going on visitation at uh, North Laboni Estate. Uh, in that area, there seems to be some uh, fruitfulness there. Uh, the, the anointing is uh, in that area. So, uh, Choco and uh, those places, there's uh, not much uh, power flowing at uh, that place. All right, so let's, let's try to do something. For, and that's what I'm doing in Healing Jesus. There's nothing to get from the people. We have nothing to get. So it's sad. Sometimes the devil will raise up people and tell this is why they are coming here. This is why they are coming to do it. Well, there's nothing. Yeah. Just want to lead people to Christ. You get it? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm actually preaching to you from my new book, Steps to the Anointing. I just took one page. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so just pray that it comes out soon. Right, 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 right. The next one. How many? I think our time is up, isn't it? The time. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Now, the next reason is the next reason why people don't follow their anointing is fear. Fear. He said, What? I was afraid. Look at verse 25. It says, And I was afraid. And I went away and hid your talent in the ground. One day I went to play golf and my caddy told me, Wusura wundi. Which means that if you are afraid, you won't eat. He said, I should play the ball fearlessly. Because I told him, when I play the ball, it will go right. When I play it, it will go left. He said, who's through a woundy? If you don't, if you are fear, afraid, you can't chop. So I should be fearless and play. And I said, it's true. It's a good principle. <laughs> so I decided to put fear aside and flow. If you follow fear, much of your life, Will be hidden. So I was afraid that I hid myself. You hide. Hmm? I could tell you a lot of things about fear, but because of time, I just want to say that don't be afraid. Eh? Don't be afraid. You're not the only one who doesn't have much gifts, talents. Don't be afraid of people laughing at you. I think our greatest difficulty is for somebody to laugh at us, isn't it? Is that not so? Yeah. Somebody laughs at you. It affects you. That's why we can't learn languages. We, we can't learn French, any language. I mean, if you people would not laugh at me, I would have been preaching in tree by now. I would preach in tree. I would, even, I would preach in ga and tree. But as soon as I say one word, what? People be laughing at me. Oh, I become like some idiot. It's true. So because I'm afraid, I've hidden myself. But if I meet somebody who cannot speak English, I can speak free with the person for two hours. Yeah, me, I can speak free fully. And people don't know. But at least there'll be something to laugh at here and there. But if I say to you, you laugh. So I will, when I meet somebody who doesn't speak English, then I just flow. Yeah. God the same. So fear that they will laugh at you. When you stand there, say it's a church. And we are three. And they will laugh at you. <laughs> you say you are a pastor. With how many members? You say you have miracles. With what? Headache is healed. 
This is healed. That is healed. They'll laugh at you. Say, I was afraid and I hid myself. Don't be afraid and hide yourself. You are hiding in a church because you are afraid. Some of you are afraid that you will lose something. Some of you are afraid to say, hey, Bishop, anybody who becomes his friend will be full time. So stay away from him. It is dangerous to be close to this man because when you are close to him, after some time, before you realize your actual profession, which you went to school to learn, you can easily leave it. Because when you look at the people around him, it seems they have lost their minds. So you are hiding yourself. Come, don't be afraid. Yeah. Let's see whether the spirit in you is stronger than the spirit in me. Do them before they do you. Convert me back to the secular world so I come and work at your place. Or I will also convert you to come and work in the church. When I was in school, we had a principle, do them before they do you. How many steps do you have? Five. Wickedness. No, hiding of talent is the same as fear. So number five is what? Wickedness. It says, thou wicked servant. Amen? It is wickedness to withhold something that you can give to someone that can benefit the person. Some of us are just wicked. We don't really care who suffers, who dies. Yeah. I don't care. They should go to hell. I didn't make them go to hell. It's not my fault. It's a wickedness mentality. Amen? Amen. Yeah. I didn't make the man's leg like this. The one that I saw on the roadside. One day the Lord told me, give to the poor. And he told me that any handicapped person is poor. Because he, he said to me that you that you have two arms and two legs, it's not easy to get a job. How about somebody who cannot see? Can he easily get a job? Anybody you see begging by the roadside, Eh? It's a poor person. And any handicapped person is a poor person. And deserves your compassion. And the 5,000 or 10,000, I don't give beggars coins. In my car, I don't give coins to beggars or blind people and handicapped. I don't give them coins. I give them money. How much will he get in his life? As I'm driving by my air-conditioned car, yeah. I, don't give, I don't give coins to beggars. I give them money. Yeah. Wickedness. Sometimes we sit in, we sit in, the, in the car and say that we are wicked. It's like, I didn't make you blind. I don't know why you are calling my name. Mercy. I don't, I don't give coins to beggars. I give them money. Yeah. Amen. Wickedness. One day a guy was walking by a river. He was going to work. He was working at this uh, HSBC or one of these top banks. I don't know which bank. And when he was going by, he saw there was a guy. I don't know if you, those of you who have been abroad, the rivers, the rivers are, there are rivers in the city. Nice rivers you can walk by on the way with trees and then the banks and things like that. And he saw somebody in the place calling. 
but the person went inside the water, came out. Then he went calling. And the man was confused. This type of moral, born again Christian, very, this moral, good guys. And he was just walking like this, going to the bank. Huh? Very nice with his tie. And he was going to work. And he saw the person. And, Saturday, he was at the swimming pool with his wife and children. On Saturday, that was Monday. On Saturday, he was at the swimming pool with his wife and children. They were having a good time eating hot dogs. Do you know hot dogs? With, with chips. And he was enjoying himself there. But as he was going to work, it was time and it was 8 o'clock and he saw this person crying. So, but he was, he, was, he was going to work with his time. He just walked by because he had what they call um, morning devotion or for the beginning of the week. And he was the Bible study leader and he was going to lead the Bible study. So even though he saw this lady screaming and he was an expert swimmer, he was going by and so he went by and he said, look, you know, I can't attend to this now. So he went by, went into the bank. Oh, when they came, his secretary stood up, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Morning, how are you? Oh, sir. oh hello, sir. Everybody, hello, sir. They said, oh, today our Bible study is from Ephesians chapter 6 about put on the whole armor of God. So, so we are going to put on the whole armor of God. First, number one is prayer. Number two is the shield of faith. Number three is the belt of truth. Number four is the gospel of uh, salvation for your feet. Number five is the breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, and so he shared the word very powerful. And blah, blah, blah. let us all share a word of prayer, and so on. He finished, he continued, conducted his whatever, and so on. Then, as he was sitting down in his work around uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, he looked out of the window and he saw the ambulance, and there was somebody, a body lying on the floor outside by the river. They had covered the ambulance, do, 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 do. and then he, he, he saw the girl who was calling that he should please use his swimming abilities to please come and save her. Uh, he was coming for Bible study, yeah. right, in the church, in the bank. He was a good moral person who doesn't do bad things. And his, the girl was lying there dead. So was he a good person? Everybody would say he's a good person. But what does God say? What does the girl think? Perhaps we should ask the young girl, what do you think of the guy who was walking by? Is he a good guy or a bad guy? The girl will say he was a very wicked man. I was only 17 years old. I was going to go to university. I had a beloved crowd that I was going to marry when I was 23. But this guy wouldn't save me. So now I've come to heaven prematurely. I've been here all this time waiting. So when you don't do something that you could have done, God calls you wicked. People may call you Bible study leader. People may call you pastor of Sakumono. But God calls you wicked because you didn't evangelize when he told you to evangelize. All right? And then how many points do you have? Six, laziness. It says thou, wicked, and slothful servant. And the last point is, and then he said to him, but this, oh, he said to him, throw out the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. Useless. When you are useless in the church, there's nothing that you do in the church. You are unprofitable, worthless, unmeritorious. 
don't contribute in anything. Nothing that you give and contribute, you are useless and lazy. Do you know that it takes hard work in the church? Tell somebody, hard work. Hard work. work. Amen. Amen. God wants you to work hard. You're going to work for him. Stand to your feet, everybody. All right. Lift your hands up. Thank God for tonight, for his word. Why don't people obey the call of God? Laziness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, we thank you for your blessing. In the name of Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Thank you. Lift your hands and thank the Lord. I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to be more. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a vessel you are. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a pastor. You were. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for ministering to us tonight. Blessing us. Blessing our hearts. Lead us, Lord, into the anointing of your spirit. Just thank God for giving you something tonight. Thank God for giving you his talents, his gifts, his gifts, his talents. You will not be the same. Tonight, God has told you, time to do something for nothing. Time to give and get nothing back. Because that's God's way for you to use your gifts. That's way the way for you to move into the anointing, into the love of God. is to do something for nothing. Father, we thank you. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right. I want us to receive an offering tonight. Amen. Everybody take out a good offering. Take out a good offering. Hallelujah. Now, when it comes to giving offerings, many times people give offerings if we say we are going to give 37,000 for the blessing of Psalm 37 Mm. you get it and you see a lot of people giving I've seen pastors doing that and actually it is 
we are actually capitalizing on the same attitude that most of us have. That if there is something we will get, we will do it. So pastors know it. And they don't even know that they know it. But they know that these people, they are somewhere. If we just say, look, just give to the Lord. But if, if I came and I, I said, look, I was, I was telling I saw 37 written on it. Or 27. And I saw a vision that some 27. Blessing. 27. Everybody should give 27, 27,000, 270,000, 2.7 million. 2,700. Everybody should give. You see the response. How many have been at a church service where something like that happened? Did people really go? Eesh. 58. Well, what was that? 50? Yeah, for the blessings. Of Psalm 58. 58 blessings in the Bible. 58 blessings in the Bible. Oh, there are 58 blessings in the Bible. Huh? Is it only 58? Huh? <laughs> 58 blessings of the Bible. There's, there's that, and then 58,000, 58, 5.8. Everybody gives. I would say, oh, just because you love God, everybody will take nothing and give. We are the same one talent person giving. So look at your offering and review it right now. Review, review what you are giving and see if you can do something better tonight. For, for nothing. You won't get anything. This offering, you won't get anything. Just give. Am I saying something wrong? Is it powerful? Very good. Review your offering. You'll get nothing from it, but just give. Let's see if you give. Wow. You know, when I started writing books, I said, Lord, if ever somebody reads my book, what a blessing it is. How many people have ever written a book? Even a letter is difficult to write. (laughs) And I thought to myself, if somebody ever reads a book that I've written, it cannot be because I um, know something. It must be from God. So I said, Lord, everything I have from a book, I want to give it to you. I don't want to have anything. Because it would be unfortunate for somebody to pay me for writing a book. Do you know that up till now, I have been writing books. I write sometimes difficult, but I've been writing and everything. I have, I have nothing from writing books. But I can say that, you see, the way God has blessed me, do you understand? Outside that thing, I, and, and for me, when I look at my book and I see, you know, like when we went to Nigeria, now you hear some pastors talking about the books. It's, 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 it's something. And I say, for God to use what I've written, it's really an honor. Yeah. It's a real honor. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should not be afraid of doing something, even if it's expensive. Do you understand? For nothing. God can bless you. Somehow, he can take care of you and look after you. And I pray tonight. Shabe Sakaza, Sabazaka, Tazabalaza. Everybody here, I sense the Lord is saying that there is something you can do for God and deduct your cost. And say, Lord, it is free. It's for nothing. It is for nothing. 
in offerings, in tithes, in your time, in whatever. This is what I have to give to you, Lord. It's my blessing. And watch and see if the master will not come one day and say, enter into the joy of your master. May you hear those words one day. Lift your offering up. Father, thank you for your blessing as we give this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then, don't give the offering now. Take out your booster to just top it up so that we just do it once and then we go home very quickly tonight. Have you got something in addition? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Oh, what a blessing it is to have all the wonderful people who work for God for nothing. God has his way of blessing and caring and loving. Amen. Amen. Do you understand? How many will never forget what I've shared with you tonight? You can work for God and for nothing and, and see whether God is good or not. Sometimes he'll give you something you cannot calculate the value of that thing. Life is from God. Have you got your booster? Lift it up. Let's pray. Father, thank you as we give tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Ashes, receive. Recently, I heard a couple of days ago, Kenya Airways has gone to fall, fall into the forest. How many times I've sat on that plane? Hey! Even I was supposed to sit on the plane this, this Saturday. A plane that was new, six months old. Hey! Pasani, do you understand what I'm talking about? Take off from Cote d'Ivoire, go and fall in the sea. Take off from Cameroon, go and fall in the forest. God is the one who can keep us. Yeah. I tell you. Yeah. It is like Russian roulette. You don't know which one. But you see, all these things, they are spirits to frighten us. Do you know, do you know where the harvest field? The harvest field is Africa. The, the jungles of... I say, up to now, they haven't found a plane. Or they found it now. I can't find a plane. How can a plane disappear? You can't find the plane. They found it. When? This afternoon. Our field is Africa where the people cannot pay. And fear of danger and of our life will, will keep us. I was afraid and I hate my anointing and my talent in Accra. Nice. I will go. We shall go. We are going. Heaven knows where we are going. We know we will. Let us go. We shall go. We are not afraid of the jungles. We are not afraid of the aeroplanes. We are not afraid of the cars. We are not afraid of the roads. Yes. We are not afraid of anything. Yes. Of the rebels. 
of the walls. Because otherwise we hide ourselves. We say, and I was afraid and I hid myself. I hid myself. I was afraid. Because when I heard it, I said, hey! I wanted to hide my anointing in Accra forever and stay here happily ever after. How many think I can find work to do in Accra? I'm telling you, I've seen some that all the time when you minister, Satan would present something. Do you see how what can become of you tomorrow? In, in a moment. Bishop Adi left on that same aeroplane last week. He sat on, on Tuesday or Monday. Sat on the plane and sent me a test. I'm on board. The same aeroplane. Hey! And, and Pastor Richard sat on this same, very same plane from Cameroon. He took off from Cameroon to Nairobi. The same plane a few months ago. Hmm. We are going. How many realize that fear can keep you away from the ministry? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fear. Yeah. Recently went to Nigeria. That's the last weekend we were there. This week. Preaching. You know, I look at Nigeria and I said, we were so afraid of Nigeria. But we conquered our fears. Oh, said, yeah. Let us go to Nigeria. God will bless us in Nigeria. Thank you, Bishop. It's mm. one of the blessings that we have gone into to go to have to go to Nigeria. Yeah. I'm very, very glad of all the missions that we had. In fact, if God had not spoken to me, I wouldn't have. I would have sent somebody to Liberia or Gambia or Ivory Coast, but not Nigeria. Because Nigeria, I heard so I hear there's a man in Lagos, he has in the evening, he releases snakes. And then they write on the beware of snakes. If, if you are coming to attack the house, you see, beware of snakes, vipers, and other snakes are moving in the house. When you come and you step forward, then I heard that there was another guy who has lions in the house. Is it true? Yeah. Is he still there? Yeah. He has lions guarding the house. <laughs> I said, what type of place is this? <laughs> One day we were driving in Lagos, in Nigeria, and then the police stopped us. The police, they are not wearing any uniform. They are wearing chalewate, they are wearing shorts. They are wearing anything. You can't know whether they are police. So the guy was flashing and we were going and we were, as if we were going to any place, they stood in front of the farm. They said, calm down. They, they, they told us after, they said, if you don't take care, somebody will fire on you. So you must be very careful. Yeah. He said, if you don't take care, if you are crossing one of these barriers again, somebody will fire on you. Because they told us you don't have anything to hide. So, because you can't know somebody is holding AK-47 with torches. Uh, if you, you have to overcome it how will I live I ask myself a question today my, my, my child is in Achimota school 
And all of my children is in Akusombo Secondary School. I remember when I started the ministry, that was a question. So what will happen to my children? Will they go to school? I also went to Achibota School by the grace of God. I've also got, gone to school. To have been in the ministry, I've been able to take my child to secondary school. It's a blessing. But I asked myself, that, how will it be? Will, will they go to school? Because I, I'm becoming a pastor. Can they go? Mm. At least, it's not bad. Yeah. Mm. To have, you have gone to secondary school. Is it not a blessing? Oh. Yeah. So fear. The, one guy came and said, he told the pastor, pastor, there's a lot of fear in the church. Fear. But God is with us. Look, everybody has a fear. Everybody who has a fear, raise your hand if you realize that you have a fear. And it's a real, it, it, is, it, it is very directional. Fear is directional. It has a power to guide you. Don't go here, go here, don't do this, do this, don't do that, do this. It's the commonest demon. You know, just like the commonest African is a Nigerian. The commonest demon is fear. <laughs> yeah. The commonest African is a Nigerian because one out of every four Africans is a Nigerian. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. They are the most, they are the largest nation. Uh-huh. So in the world of demons, the commonest demon is fear. The Bible says the whole world is kept in bondage through fear. Yeah. And that's why juju men, wizards, and witches, and the things are very frightening. They will stay in a room. You bend down. You go in. You see them color their face. Whoa, whoa. It's just to stir up fear. And they have names, special names. Nana Pinocchio. Now, when you are going to the Volta region, you see they have the gods in front of the house, the, the legba, with the split face, the thing is standing there like that. And, 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 and they say it's a spiritual policeman for that area. Hey! And you'll be afraid. One day I was going for a crusade in the Volta region. When we started, I said, let's go to the Volta region. As we were driving in the car, I realized that the people that were with me were afraid. So I started to quote Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my servant. The, the Lord is the light of my, the, the Lord is uh, the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I, of whom shall I be afraid? I realized that they were afraid. They didn't say that. I saw that they were afraid. Yeah. One day I was preaching and a witch came, throwing things at me. See, at the point when I look at her, I see, ah! then I look at the person. I realize that if I continue to, I will be afraid as I'm preaching. So I turn my attention. Oh, you can easily be afraid. Yeah. You can easily be directed. Yeah. At the point I wanted to curse her. Yeah. Come to do a crusade. Every region we do crusade. There is no, <laughs> only this place. <laughs> 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 
Maybe there's somebody God has given you to marry. But whenever you see her, you are afraid. And she's also asking, why don't you just speak? Fear, instead of moving with faith, you are being guided by a spirit of fear for another person. If only you were to ask the person, you should have just asked. Me now, I would have said yes. May you be free from every spirit of fear tonight in Jesus' name. May you be guided by the Holy Spirit and not be guided by fear from today. In Jesus' name. One day I was talking to someone, I was counseling the person, and I said, I see two demons in you. Fear and pride. And they are guiding you. They are guiding you. They are leading you. They are showing you what to do. Be careful. Fear and pride. Mercy. May we never be guided by fear. In Jesus' name. Stand to your feet. Have you taken the offering? Where is the offering? They've taken it. Oh, okay. Lift your hands up. Thank God that you are free from the spirit of fear tonight. Everything that guides you. Everything that guides you. Everything that guides you. In Jesus' name, be free. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing tonight. We thank you. We are free from the power of the enemy. Receive deliverance from spirits of fear. Fear of bondage. Fear of death. Fear of life. Fear of poverty, fear of every kind of fear. You are released from it tonight. Go forth from this place with the peace of God and the blessing of all. You shall live and not die. You shall stand and not fall. You shall survive where others do not survive. The grace of God shall keep you and bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.